We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast around the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, the cold, sobering reality <laughs> of the Chicago Bulls situation has hit us in the face after the exciting trade for Nikola Vucevic and the additional uh, deals to bring in Daniel Tice, Troy Brown, uh, Javante Green. Those were all really exciting moves. We were thrilled that Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley finally put their imprint on the roster. They also happened to do it at a time when the Bulls were in the middle of one of the toughest stretches of the schedule. And in the first two games after the trade, the Bulls look like a team that's still pretty far away from contention. In their first game on Saturday, uh, the Bulls lost to the San Antonio Spurs 120-104 to in a game that really wasn't that close. Uh, Vucevic had a solid offensive performance, but the Spurs were just cutting up the Bulls' interior defense in that game. Uh, it was a short-lived experiment to start Lowry Markkinen at the four next to Vucevic. That only lasted one game. Uh, he was replaced in the starting lineup by Thad Young. For Monday's game against the Golden State Warriors, the Bulls hung tough in the first half, got blown out in the third quarter, couldn't come back to make it competitive. Bulls lose 116-102 to Steph and the Warriors. Uh, so the Bulls right now are in the middle of a four-game losing streak. They're about to go to Phoenix to play at the Suns, one of the best teams in the league, then at Utah, another one of the best teams in the league. Then they're home against Brooklyn, and then they're at Indiana. The Pacers have been floundering a little bit, but that still uh, could be a difficult game. So uh, the Bulls, as of right now, Jason, are kind of in a tenuous position in terms of their position in the Eastern Conference standings. Fortunately, the Toronto Raptors have (laughs) also been failing. Yeah. And the Bulls are two games in front of the Raptors for the final spot in the play-in tournament as we record this podcast. So uh, I guess, Jason, just as like a overall overarching question, how do you feel about the trades the Bulls made at the deadline now after you've seen the new guys play for two games? Yeah, so I mean, I don't want to like panic or anything, obviously, after a couple games where these guys, I mean, clearly 
still feeling each other out. And also a big factor, I think, that we have not mentioned yet is that Zach Levine is hurting. Zach Levine looks terrible right now. His ankle is clearly bothering him. Uh, that Spurs game, he was limping. Uh, he got pulled. I can't remember when he got pulled. If it was in the fourth quarter. He, he never came back. When the Bulls went down 36, they made a big comeback and got it down to nine at one point in the fourth quarter. Zach never came back in the game. And then uh, against the Warriors la- uh, last night, he got pulled probably with about six or seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. When I mean, there's still enough time to make a comeback in the NBA these days. Uh, the possession, he like almost fell down a couple times. You could see him like stretching his leg out, uh, clearly in pain again after just an awful performance, four of sixteen shooting. Uh, so he got pulled from that game too late. And they said after the game, Billy Donovan, that he looks like he's hurting. And Zach admitted, yeah, like I reaggravated my ankle injury. Uh, I might have to sit out a few games. So, I mean, the Bulls might not be with Zach for who knows how long. I, I would guess he's going to miss at least one game. Maybe he misses the rest of this trip and uh, he comes back for the Nets game. Who knows? Either way, he looks bad. So, I think that does have to, that does play a role with it. Your best player who's been killer all season has just has been hurt and looks awful. So, that's going to make the rest of the team look bad. We are then mixing in all these other guys trying out rotations and Billy Donovan has been doing a ton of different stuff with his rotations. You mentioned he started playing with, with Vooch and Lowry together. I think a lot of people thought they were going to start that right away. Uh, He tried the the Lowry Vooch thing did not work. It was really bad. And he went to Thad and Vooch and that was a a little bit better against the Warriors. And it sounds like that's going to stick around for at least foreseeable future. I know Daniel Tice didn't play in that first Spurs game, so maybe Tice's uh, presence changed things for that for this Warriors game. But, I mean, it just makes sense. Vucevic and Thad, Markinen and Tice, I think just those front court pairings make sense. And then you're mixing in other guys. Like, Denzel played a bit in that first Spurs game. Then Troy Brown took his spot in the first game. Kobe White did not play in the Warriors game, so we saw, like, Arch get minutes. We saw Javante Green get early minutes. Brown was getting minutes. So, like, Billy's just been throwing out all these different combinations. We're trying to work in these guys, trying to find guys that – uh, to to be effective, and it's been a, a mixed bag. Uh, Troy Brown showed some nice things in garbage time against the Spurs uh, after Denzel was awful in the first half, uh, but he was ba- bad against the Warriors. He got beat on back cuts a few times. He was fouling too much, uh, bricked an open three. Javante Green, I think Billy tried to get him out there to maybe play defense against Stephen Curry, who came back, who looked good in his comeback, even though he looked hurt as well. Uh, he was ineffective. He didn't do anything offensively. didn't do too much to slow down Steph. And I know that's a tough call so like all these different guys working in clearly still working out the kinks and building that chemistry with each other even the i mean the offense looked much better against the warriors to at least start the game they had the ball humming they did have 33 assists uh they like you said they stuck close for that first half they were down i think 65 60 after the first half we saw vucevic we've seen we did see like the uh, just the the pluses of him offensively as just using that that uh, the post passing as a hub he was uh, passing the ball over the place. I think he had what 29, 21, like nine and six, and it was only like a minus three. Although the Bulls got smoked by the Warriors, he the Bulls were played almost even in Vucevic's minutes on the court. So like he looked good. I know he has his defensive problems as well. Uh, we and we saw that against the Spurs. The Spurs, like you mentioned, against that Lowry Vooch front court was killing them. The Bulls didn't do that much to slow down the Warriors either. And again, Vucevic is not that much of a rim protector. We did see Daniel Tice with some really nice rim protection at part of that second unit. His whatever, his like minus 17, I did not think was indicative of his night at all. So we've seen some good, we've seen some bad, which is probably what we really should have expected. I, I had, I think I was just like riding high into that Spurs game and was thinking, oh yeah, like they got another also here. The Bulls are going to ride this momentum wave and, this excitement, they're going to go win this game. And then they were immediately smoked. 
And then to lose last night as well, getting Steph back was obviously huge for the Warriors. Was at first it looked like they were not going to have him back, but to have Steph back, he made a huge difference. Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins played a really nice game, uh, and the Warriors just they they played really well. Now they broke a four game losing streak. So like ultimately, like I'm not feeling like anything like any like worse about the Bulls right now uh, after this trade. We know that the limitations that that they have. We talked about the risks. We know Zach and Vucevic aren't exactly like defensive minded players. Uh, I think in general, like, and I'm going to write about this at Forbes today about Lowry. It's Lowry's future. And then kind of Kobe White. I tweeted this a little while ago. Just, I think like thinking about building a roster and building like a starting lineup, at least you have Vooch and, La- and Levine are two, again, offensive minded, not exactly defensive guys. You have Pat Williams there as well, who actually Pat, I haven't mentioned him. He had a nice game against the Warriors, hitting some mid-range shots, looking aggressive. So he played pretty well. So if those three, if those three are like your future building blocks right now, Filling out the rest of that starting lineup, I just don't see how Kobe White and Lowry Markin really fit in that equation. The, the, the defense just is not there. We know Lowry had his issues, even though he shot well, which I think one reason why he's moved to the bench, obviously, is just the fit is not there. And then Kobe White and Zach have their defensive issues as well. I think we both agree Kobe is a really still has value, still has a place on this roster as a bench scorer, as a guy who can get buckets off the bench. But like in terms of the starting lineup, and if we're looking at the long-term future of this team, it's hard to see Kobe and Lowry playing like major starting roles moving forward. Obviously with Kobe, he's still very young. He's still, it's only in year two, but with Lowry coming out on his restricted free agency. Uh, and I mean, he's and Lowry's definitely been a punching bag uh, for Bulls Twitter lately, just because it's, he's been very frustrating to watch, even though he played decently well shooting wise against the words of the bench. And we still, we saw him get roasted by Steph. We saw him get roasted by like Kent Bazemore and Kelly Oubre. Uh, and just in with these like downsized lineups. So we saw it against the Spurs as well. Keldon Johnson, just taking the ball straight into him and scoring over him. It's just like, even with that shooting, that good shooting, just the value, the impact is not there for Lowry. And it's, uh, it's kind of tough to see him being on this team moving forward, especially after the trade rumors and all that kind of stuff. What is, what is your take? Let's hear what you're thinking about this. Yeah, I think, you know, a few takeaways from the first two games. I think Vucevic is going to be awesome. Yeah, he's looking great. Offensively. Yeah. And I think that it's totally unrealistic to expect Levine and Vucevic to have great chemistry or to expect the whole team to have great chemistry when I still don't believe they've practiced yet. They've just played two games, unless they did sneak into practice that we didn't hear about. But uh, it's just not going to happen overnight, right? Like, I think a lot of the timing and a lot of the communication on both ends of the floor between the guys – as you can expect, it sort of looks like, you know, a group that you get in a pickup game where everyone's just trying to feel out each other's tendencies. They don't really know each yep. other too well. That's what the Bulls have looked like these first two games. But I think that Vucevic eventually is going to be an awesome offensive player. We already saw all of the diversity in his scoring package, I think, in the first two games. One thing that bummed me out a little bit is that he went 0 for 4 from 3 on some wide open looks against the Warriors yesterday. I think this is going to be something to watch with Vucevic because especially as a 31-year-old next season, this has been the best shooting season of his career. When he got traded to the Bulls, he was making just at 40% of his three-point attempts on like five attempts per game, I think, off the top of my head. Well, you know, he's two of eight in the two games with the Bulls. So he's going to have to continue to be at least, I'm going to say, a 37% three-point shooter. At least give me average, which is like 36, 36, 37 to make teams respect that shot and to have him be an effective, effective floor spacer. So that's definitely going to be something I'm going to watch. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with the clock sort of ticking on Lowry and Kobe. When you have Zach and Vooch as your two main offensive players, the reality is it's going to be a 
pretty big problem on the defensive end. How do you build a good unit on that end? Well, the first thing you can do is put three really good defensive players next to them. I think that's the easiest thing. Patrick Williams, in a lot of ways, is a seamless fit because I think that he has some defensive versatility. Uh, He has some ability to provide extra rim protection uh, when guys beat him to the basket or when he's a help defender. I think offensively, Williams is for sure going to be able to capitalize on Vucevic and Levine demanding so much offensive attention on the floor. We saw Pat really get into his mid-range pull-up, get into his floater game against the Warriors. And I think that like those spots are just only going to become more open with Vucevic on the team. Uh, the rest of the team right now, to me, feels really half-finished. And we heard that the Bulls were in extensive trade talks on a potential deal with Lonzo Ball. Maybe they were involved with some other stuff during the deadline. That did not come to fruition. So now we have a team where it's like, okay, Karnashov has realized that what Garpax left him was not going to be good enough to accomplish anything. It wasn't going to be good enough to, you know, either get you the number one pick in the draft, all the old core of Lowry, Wendell, Kobe, they weren't going to develop into anything great just themselves. So they had to make a move. Uh, And I think that now they're sort of stuck in this weird limbo period where even Lowry has to know that the team is like sort of moving on from him, (laughs) but he's still playing out the string. He's not really a good match with Vucevic whatsoever. He does make sense with Tice and wow, was Tice awesome. I mean, I don't want to sound like a Boston Celtics fan here (laughs) who thinks that Daniel Tice is like one of the great, underrated gems of the NBA. But let's just say this. Daniel Tice was a solid starting center for Boston. Yeah. He you can realistically say he's the best backup five man in the league. So the Bulls really improved not only the top of their roster by getting Vucevic, but also their depth, I think, at the trade deadline by getting someone like Tice, who is so versatile in how he can be used defensively, playing at the level of the screen, being able to switch a little bit. Uh, Not a great rim protector, which is another problem with Vucevic, too. Not a great rim protector. But just in terms of like his overall defensive coverages, I think he's going to be pretty effective there on a variety of coverages. But I think that the Bulls really are just going to have to do a lot of work this offseason. Like the team they're left with right now, while we all want to see him like get into the play and and make some noise, I don't really know if the roster fits together as it currently stands. To me, it just seems very half-finished. And I think that, you know, part of that is no fault of Karnaschovas. I think that, you know, in a perfect world, he would have dealt Markkanen. I don't really know how he feels about Kobe. And I'm not totally out on Kobe as being a a decent NBA player eventually. But at the end of the day, Kobe's not really going to be able to fit with Levine and Vucevic on the floor at the same time. So either he's going to have to be a bench guy or you should move him this offseason while maybe his value is still at its highest. After marketing struggles this year, even though he shot the ball so much better, I'm wondering if the Bulls held on to him too long. Like, is the book out on Lowry Markkinen? How much value does he really have at this point? Of course, we've been debating his league-wide value basically since his rookie yeah. season. Uh, but, you know, Stefano has pointed this out a bunch. Like, teams are guarding him with guards. They're guarding him with wings. He's not able to punish those mismatches. Too often, he ends up in only a catch-and-shoot role. And when that happens, his shooting percentages seem to tank. Uh, after starting the year really hot shooting the ball in the first 15 games, he's been pretty miserable over the last eight to 10 games shooting the ball. So, uh, you know, Markkinen, I don't think is a place on this roster. markkinen has got to go. And it actually pains me to watch him on the floor at this point. It's like, <laughs> that's just, t- that's t- just t- get rid of him. Just like he, 
He's not helping the team. He's not going to be a long-term piece. When he steps on the floor, it's depressing. He really just doesn't bring much versatility on either end of the floor. So Markkanen's just got to go, man. And Kobe, I think, is nearing that level too. You can definitely have him as a bench guy, and I think that he will have a pretty long and successful NBA career. But, uh, you know, you want to maximize that value before the book's out on him. So whatever the Bulls eventually decide to do, I think that they need to upgrade their defense at the guard position, and they need to get another big wing who can space the floor and defend. Those should be their two points of emphasis, I think, uh, coming into this offseason. Like, Zach is really good at creating. He has tremendous standstill burst. He can get to the rim. He can pull up from three. He's not a super high-level facilitator. But part of what hurts the Bulls so much is that Zach and Kobe, when they're on the floor together, just get roasted defensively. Donovan calls it out after every game. So those are a couple things in my head. And then, you know, I hit this... Uh, Hold on. Before before this before this next point, let's take a quick break uh, to hear about Blue Wire Hustle. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Jason Pat from Cash Considerations again. This time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. There's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all that, we'll get you your own your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all their listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into this program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that, again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. We are back. Cash Considerations, Ish Bulls podcast. Ricky, you were about to make another point. So let's, let, let, well, let's, cook, let's cook some more. All I was going to say, man, is that they should be resting Levine on this stretch. I thought it yeah. after the first game. There's no reason for him to play against the Warriors. Just take your losses here, and hopefully you can get Levine healthy for the winnable portion of the schedule, which is going to happen uh, you know, after that Pacers game or you know, starting with that Pacers game after the Nets game. So 
I wish Levine would take some time off to rest. He scored 12 points yesterday. That's he's about bad. as poor as we've seen him yeah. look all season. There's no, I know he's played every game this year and he wants to be a tough guy. He wants to be an Iron Man. Dude, just take off. He um, should yeah. rest for at least a week and then let the Bulls lose out on the stretch. <laughs> Everyone will, you know, lose their mind because they traded the first round pick. But uh, that's what I would do. Rest Levine, bring him back when he's hopefully a little bit healthier, hopefully fully healthy when the schedule gets softer. Yeah, I'm assuming that like, I mean, obviously he's played every game or whatever, and I'm assuming, or I think he's played every game or missed just one, whatever it is. I'm assuming after this trade, especially like that he really wants to play, build that chemistry with Vucevic, uh, especially against these good teams, wants to prove something. But like, and he he even said it before, I think I think it was after the Spurs game, they asked him about sitting. He's like, you know, like I, I'm pl- like, I'm obviously not 100%, but I want to play through it. Like I'll sit down in, when I'm hurting the team, then maybe I'll sit. And against the Warriors, he was hurting the team. He was awful. He was taking bad shots. He could not finish at the rim. He was getting stuffed at the rim. I think he was also getting frustrated because he was not getting any calls. And the Warriors, Draymond, they get a little handsy, pretty physical defensively. Uh, but, I mean, that's no excuse for it. It was just a, a very bad game. And he hurt the team. And, again, he got pulled with, like, seven minutes ago. Billy clearly noticed that he was hurting. I don't know if it was Billy who pulled him or if it was Zach who asked out. But clearly just laboring out there. So, yeah. I mean, I think what at least makes the most sense, just send him home to Chicago right now. You're on this West Coast trip. Get it, Just send him home. Miss the Suns game. Miss the Jazz game Friday. Maybe he'll be back for this Nets game Sunday. But if not, whatever. Uh, it's totally fine. I think the Bulls then go on another road trip. You mentioned like they play the Pacers. They play, I think, the Raptors and Hawks on it. Uh, and then the Timberwolves and I think Grizzlies. So that, there's another road trip right after this. So if anything, like I said, send him home right now. Uh, get ready for maybe the Nets game. But if not, hopefully he's ready for the ro- for this next road trip coming up next week. Again, and, and then, yeah, and then try to get that chemistry back, try to win some more games. I mean, the Bulls, you mentioned, they do have a couple game cushion over the Raptors and also the Wizards. The Wizards are now also two games back to the Bulls. Uh, so they're kind of, they're close as well. I guess to a little segue here to the Wizards, uh, obviously the Bulls made a trade with the Wizards. Did you see that Chandler Hutchison is apparently playing again and scoring? He scored 18 points in his Wizards debut uh, in Russell Westbrook's historic, like whatever his stat line he put up was like 30, 20, and 15 or some shit. Uh, Hutch had 18 points all of a sudden playing again after not playing for a while. He talked about how he this whole thing was, yeah, not basketball, but he was staying in shape and working out and all that. He just wasn't playing for whatever reason that he'll some sometime soon he'll figure out a, a time where he'll explain what actually happened. Uh, but very interesting that in just the second game after the trade, he's playing, playing a lot of minutes and actually doing well. And then after the game, he takes to Twitter to throw, throw some shade at the Bulls with like a one man's trash tweet. Uh, Ricky, what do you what do you think about Chandler Hutchinson talking, seemingly talking some shit about the Bulls after this his big game? Love it. Yeah, why not? I'm rooting for Chandler Hutchinson. I mean, there's no reason for us to hold any grudge against him. Same thing with Gafford. Gafford was great in his first uh, he got hurt game, unfortunately. So. I think last game got hurt last game. Okay, I missed yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, like good for Hutchinson. And honestly, like some of these lineups Donovan's been running out. Like we, there's no reason for Denzel Valentine and Archie Diacono. <laughs> To ever get minutes and you know valentine potentially was getting minutes at the expense of hutchison uh we you know hutchison said that it was a non-basketball issue but i think you know possibly too he wasn't happy with the spot in the rotation uh it would have been nice to see the bulls play hutchison a little bit more of course he couldn't actually stay on the floor when they did play him he always seemed to be getting injured but uh i got nothing against hutchison yeah i think that he should talk his shit he should <laughs> go on and have a good career with the wizards that that would be nice to see 
Yeah, I mean, he sucked. He got hurt all the time. It was kind of funny just like after one big game where he's talking shit. But I mean, if he wants to do it, sure, why not? Uh, if he gets cold taken, if he gets – he's bad. I'm certainly not rooting against the guy. I, just, I, I definitely just found it funny that he's out there after what happened with the Bulls that he was out there kind of throwing some shade, being a little petty. But you know what? I, that that always makes him more interesting and more, uh, and more exciting. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the lineups. If we want to go look at a little bit more of this deeper part of the bench, we talked about Vucevic has looked good. Uh, but yeah, some of these other rotations I kind of brought up in my first, I guess, little rant there. But uh, yeah, like Denzel, I think should be done. I've, I I was getting in arguments on Twitter with some people about Denzel and Archie Jack. I don't just like, I mean, I mean, these guys just aren't any good. Denzel has been b- bad. He started the year well, but he's been bad for a couple months now. He's down to like 33% shooting. Like he, sh- at this point, like he should be only be playing if you like badly need a spark. Uh, occasionally, we know he can get hot and get... Uh, get kind of wild, bring some energy, but like he has not been playing well. Like the Spurs game, he missed a couple open threes. He airballed a floater after it looked like he was trying to dunk, I believe. Uh, I think that was that game. I'm mixing up all these goofy Denzel games. Uh, and then Archie Giacchino, I mean, God bless his heart and his hard work. And like he uh, took a charge against the Warriors. He had a, one sequence where he saved the ball like multiple times and just diving all over the place and like that we know that's its thing and he had hit a three hit his first shot hit a three-pointer had a few assists in that first sim but it's just like i think if you're still playing arch like extended minutes i know kobe was out and if kobe was not out i'm sure he would not have been playing but just like in general it's like, i just i just i just don't want arch playing unless like it's an absolute emergency like play troy brown more even though i know he sucked against the warriors to play play dots and we saw dots and got a few minutes in uh garbage time against the warriors uh I know Stefan No said he liked a few things he saw. It's hard to say much from garbage time. I, uh, what little I was watching him garbage time, paying attention at that point, I saw Dotson almost fall over and I drive to the basket. So you know, whatever with that point, but yeah, I mean, just those, yeah, but it's just it's the whole thing with the guard packs, guys. Just like get them out. We don't need them. We just we don't need to see any more of them. Like they they don't have upside at this point. It's just like what screw it. Let's play the guys that they brought in. I, I guess I really don't want to see much of Javante Green either, unless they're looking for like a defensive spark. Uh, because his offense is terrible, but like Troy Brown, I know I said Troy Brown was bad. Uh, easy way to lose minutes is if you're getting beat on back cuts and that kind of stuff. And uh, he had a rough game against the Spurs. But again, I know you've talked about how you like Troy Brown. He's shown a, he showed. Uh, I, I mean, against the Warriors, he got back cut a few times. But against the Spurs, he he showed some decent minutes. Again, that was in garbage time too. So you never you don't want to take too much from that kind of stuff. But he's still only 21. Uh, got some potential there. So like just play Troy Brown. Like if you're, I know Garrett Temple's hurting out too, but like. If you're looking at, I feel like your ideal, like I think Billy said something about how he wants to have like a nine and a half man rotation. So I feel like that's you got your the starting lineup that they had out there yesterday is makes sense. Sato, Levine, is, whenever Levine is healthy, uh, Pat Williams, Thad Young, Vooch, and then you have Kobe, Lowry, Daniel Tice, Temple when he's healthy, or Troy Brown, and then like maybe one other guy. Uh, whether that's Aminu. I guess I didn't bring up Aminu. Aminu played a few minutes. He was one of the first guys off the bench in that Spurs game. I don't think he looked very good, but uh, I mean, if you're looking for like a guard, I mean, the Bulls need like wings who can guard anybody. So like maybe Aminu gets some minutes in there as well. It's like, whatever. Play me the guys with some upside. Because even like we talk about the Bulls wanting to try to make a playoff push this season. They do have to think about the future. I mean, they're 19 and 26. They're still <laughs> kind of shitty. Uh, so like they have to do- think about the long term as well. So, uh, what did you think of, I guess, some of these other these other guys at the end of the bench? We talked about Tice. We talked about Vucevic. What did you see from, like, Troy Brown or Green or your thoughts on any of these guys, these other guys? Yeah, Tice is awesome. 
everyone's gonna love Tice. So I think yeah. that that is. What do, I guess. What do you think of Tice? Tice baby. Stacy's uh, little Stacey, catchphrase for him. He really came prepared with that. So yeah. I respect how prepared he was. Like you know, he was sitting on that one for a while. I can't remember if you ever said it when they were playing the Celtics, but. Uh, that was so funny when Stacey busted that out. I think, you know, in general, the Bulls broadcast has been awesome this year. Like in the last few years, I think Stacey and Neil Funk were sort of a grading listen in part because Funk didn't really know what was going on anymore. The (laughs) chemistry between the two guys was just sort of like an odd couple sort of dynamic. It wasn't super fun to listen to, in my opinion. But Adam Amin and Stacey are awesome. So I think that, you know, the broadcast has been really upgraded. And I also think that the pre and post game show have been upgraded too. with Jason Goff as the host. Uh, That's neither here nor there. In terms of the roster, (laughs) yeah, Javante Green, super bouncy. He had that awesome block against the Spurs in the first game where he had like sort of a chase down block in the half court. Uh, That's basically what his game is. He is not really an offensive skill guy, but he is someone who has springs in his legs. So to me, he's kind of just a guy. I'm not too excited about him, but... It was at least nice to see a new guy get a chance on the floor because we've been watching these same Garpax guys for the entire season and you know the last couple of years before that. Of course, I would love to see more Dotson. I think Dotson's special gift is rim pressure. He can really get to the rim. The Bulls don't really have someone like that on the roster outside of Zach, so I definitely want to see more Dot. Uh, and yeah, in terms of everyone else, uh, I never want to watch Markinen play again. I think that they're going to need to upgrade over Sadoransky. Like Sadoransky's okay, yeah. but uh, his reluctance to shoot enough sort of holds him back. Uh, and yeah, the team needs quite a few upgrades. So now my question, Jason, is if the lottery started today, the Bulls would be ninth. Uh, how many more games do they have to lose before we start worrying about protecting the draft pick? and trying to keep a top four pick? Or do you think that that is not a scenario that's in the picture this season? I mean, I'm guessing they're just going to try to make the playoffs. If they don't, I guess I guess I do, like if you're looking at maybe a best-case scenario is literally just making the play-in and then losing and then winning the lottery, and then they keep the pick, and they get the number one pick, and they add Cade Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, you kind of got to be I, – I feel like you sort of got to be in the top – nine or ten if you get the ninth pick which is where they are now you have a 20 percent chance at the top four you only have a 4.5 percent chance at number one but a 20 percent chance at the top four which would help them keep their pick is pretty enticing so that's going to be something that i think unfortunately we might have to monitor as the season goes on it really is sort of insurance against a zach or vooch injury and immediately zach has an injury so we're gonna see how bad this is if he's able to rest up and you know come back at full strength because he has been so good throughout the year but uh you know even if you get outside of the hard part of the schedule okay you got toronto they're not like objectively tanking like i think the players on the court are still going to try to win games i don't understand how they're so bad still like i know it's been a weird season they've had they had covid stuff i mean maybe that's it maybe they're just struggling with that i mean like lately they've had their like full roster and they're still they got their ass beat by the pistons with like all their guys playing like i don't know what's happening there like, i keep i keep expecting them to start turning it around again and it just they haven't i mean maybe there's still is time obviously only a couple games out uh so we'll see. I mean, we'll see how the Bulls do against them next week. It'll be interesting. Yeah, there's not a ton. My point was going to be that there's not a ton of like gimme wins on the rest of the schedule. And maybe I not. mean, they lost to the Cavs already. They yeah. played the Cavs a couple times coming up. They just lost to them. Obviously, with Lucevic, you'd hope it'd be a bit different. 
Uh, but yeah, like they have like a little lull after like these next couple weeks. And then the end of the schedule is fucking brutal. Like again, they play like the Bucks a few more times. They play the Nets a few more times. They play the Heat a few more times. I think the Knicks a couple more times. So like it's a lot of playoff teams the rest of the way. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I, if they don't, if whatever, if they don't make the playoffs, like would it be disappointing? Yes. Especially after making this trade. Uh, but like, and obviously you would hope that they get lucky with the lottery. If they whatever, if they finish ninth and they lose that lose that pick, they they don't move up. Would that suck? Yes, it would. Uh, but I mean, I it's not the not, end of the world. Though, right? If you lose yeah, and no, like and losing another ninth, eighth, ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth pick, like whatever. We've done the seventh, eighth, ninth, the seventh pick thing three years in a row, and look where we're at now. It's like really not anywhere. So like, if they lose that pick, like I'm just, it's just like whatever. They have an all star. I mean, I think you like even just the way we've been talking right now. Like, I think the real like is next season is like the real important season. Like obviously it would be, you, you want to win now, get in that play in game. Maybe you, maybe they get high enough to get, I mean, they're not going to get out of the play in tournament at this point. They're not going to, they're probably not getting up to number six, even with the shitty season conferences. I, I'd be surprised if they got that much higher than seven or eight, I guess at this point, maybe they still could. I don't know. We'll see how the, some of these other teams fare, but like most likely they're probably staying around where they are, maybe going up a few spots. So I think, I think ideally like just the next season is probably the more important season. Uh, so like if they did whatever they did get in the lottery and they get in that top four and adding another really, a really, really good young player. Hopefully if they get lucky and they like get Cade or if they get Jalen Suggs, like, I mean, because I feel like Cade and Suggs are, I mean, even Mobley, I, I don't know if how great of a fit Mobley would be with Vucevic. You would obviously know much more about that. Uh, but I mean, if they got Cade, if they got Suggs, like I feel like those are two guys who like slide in like and fit Bulls' needs as long as, as well as being like really really fucking good. So like, if they got lucky, if that happened, like I think that'd be a, that'd be a huge win. <laughs> I'd 100 percent take Mobley number two, even if they had Vucevic. Play them together, and then Vucevic is going to be a free agent. He's yep. 31 next Fair. year anyway. Who cares? You definitely take Mobley. No brainer. Right. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be pretty interesting. I think the Bulls definitely are open to a lot of criticism on this trade. I think it could absolutely backfire for them. The fact that the picks are top four protected is huge, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I thought it was a risky trade when they made it. I still, I, you know, I like the move. I think that it's fine to try to win, and I think that like the idea that the only way to win is to be bad through the draft is just a bullshit, lazy Garpack style idea. <laughs> And so, like, you can improve the team. You can still, you know, you're still going to have your 2022 draft pick. You still have someone like Patrick Williams. You still have, to a less extent, Kobe White. Uh, You know, those guys are young. They can still develop if you develop them the right way. So uh, it's going to be sort of a fascinating thing. What sort of strikes me is that there's not a ton of teams tanking. Like, most of these teams are going for it. Like, even Sacramento, who obviously is playing really well. They're playing well lately. They've won five in a row. Uh, but, like, you know, they don't really have the upside to make any noise in the playoffs, but they're not tanking. They're going for it. Like a team like Memphis, who could theoretically be tanking to try to, you know, find guys on Jaws' timeline, they're going for it. Uh, you know, right now your tanking teams are Minnesota, Houston, Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Thunder. So you got eight. I mean, the Wizards aren't tanking, and the Raptors aren't tanking. They're just bad. They're just bad. Yeah. They're just bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, that's sort of what the competition looks like for the top draft spot. So. Yeah, and also, like, the Bulls, like, even if the Bulls do fall, like, they're not going to fall, like, I feel like that far. We're like, I think we don't have to worry about them getting, like, the fifth pick and then, like, losing number right. five. And I know you've they're talked not gonna about get, 
And you've talked about how, like, after the the top four, top five, the draft isn't that great. So, again, if they get, like, eight or nine, like, they're at a point where, like, like you mentioned, there's, like, five, six teams, like, definitely will almost certainly be worse than the Bulls, no matter what. So, like, if they get, whatever, if they got seven or eight again, uh, and if they don't move up and they lose seven or eight, whatever. Again, we've we've done that. We've did that dance. Like, again, maybe they could get a good player there, but, like, whatever. Like, it's... I'm not going to like lose sleep over losing another eight, seven, eight, nine pick. And then they won't get to number five and miss uh, or anything like that. So yeah, that's why like you said, the protections are important. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I've already seen some people on Twitter ripping the bulls for doing it. And I mean, there was some talk of it happening, the risk, the risk part of it when they made the trade, but again, yeah, I like the being aggressive for it. I think you could probably also like argue that maybe they Vucevic wasn't the guy they should have cashed in on that, because like, I feel like doing nothing, I feel like just sitting, standing still would have been terrible. Like the Bulls were going nowhere with the core that they had. You could maybe question whether Bruce, which was the guy they should have cashed in two firsts and Wendell Carter. Like, but I, I mean, we don't know who else is really available. Uh, like other, like a better player than Vooch, someone who might line up with Zach Moore. I mean, like I've mentioned like cat before and like, obviously the Timberwolves are terrible, but even him, like one of the Timberwolves going to trade cat, like maybe he'll ask out sometime soon, but like, He's still, I think, what in the first or second year of his deal? He's got so much time left. So like I mean, you can't necessarily you can't with Zach again, his free agency, you can't just like wait around for another guy to ask for a trade. I know this stuff can happen quickly, but like I understand why the Bulls did it. I'm happy they did it. They were aggressive in doing it. Them sucking ass these first couple of games is not gonna like change my view of this. Uh, because again, yeah, it's gonna take some time to build that chemistry and and that's that. Uh I got nothing else. Ricky, do you have any final thoughts here? Let's wrap it up. All right, so again, a quick look ahead. Bulls, they got tough, brutal week the rest of the week. We got at Phoenix uh, on Wednesday, possibly, probably without Zach Levine. I guess I didn't see if there was an update while we were on here. Um, uh, and then Utah on Friday. Oh, here we go. Billy Donovan did address Zach's in his ankle. It's not great. Didn't do anything in practice today. He's questionable for the Suns game. That sure sounds like that he is out. going to be out. Um. Uh. So yeah. So probably no Zach Levine against the Suns. We'll see on Friday against the Jazz, and then wrapping up the week on Easter, an Easter Sunday matinee against the Nets. Probably no Kevin Durant for that game still. But obviously, if they have, if they have Harden and Kyrie Irving, and maybe they'll have Aldridge by then, and they have Blake Griffin too. Uh, that's obviously the Nets are one of the best teams in the league. So br- brutal week coming up for your Chicago Bulls. Not exactly an ideal time to be working all these guys, but I think it makes it more exciting. I like the Bulls need to beat, start being competitive and beating good teams. I, I'm, I don't really care about games and shitty teams anymore. Uh, just, I, I want to see them compete and play at the highest level against good teams. So, uh, I'm kind of happy the schedule is kind of hard, even if it's not the most ideal. That will do it for us here at Cash Considerations today. Uh, as always, shout out to Blue Wire Pod, shout out to Blue Wire Hustle. Please go check that out. Again, uh, it'll be the information about that will be in the description uh, box for this episode. Uh, for us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Leave us those ratings wherever you listen to your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those places. Uh, and we will probably be back talk to you guys maybe after the Suns game we'll see I know Ricky's been real busy with the tournament all that kind of stuff we'll try to do maybe a locker room pod coming up uh, later this week Uh, so we will talk to you guys next time take it easy whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.